Frank Zappa, Inca Roads, taking you all over the map. That was a beautiful sonic journey of amazing complexity, depth, substance, creativity, and genius. Too bad Zappa was taken from us far too early. Prostate cancer. Get it checked out, men. It's waiting in the wings for all of us. We are now entering the Space Prog section of the program with my favorite band from Somerset, England, 
Osric Tentacles. They started off in 1990 as a crusty band. Crusty was the kind of, um, in Britain, the crusties were the hippies of Britain, uh, going around festivals, dropping X, and listening to electronica of all sorts. Sorry, I missed it. This is Spirals in Hyperspace. Osric Tentacles, you are listening to Mutiny Radio. Dot FM.
continuing with Otric Tentacles.
are listening to MutinyRadio.fm. My name is Perkins Warbeck. I'm sitting in for Henry VII, who is feeling ill this evening. Has been feeling ill for many centuries now. Prognosis is good. We're here in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco, California. It's a beautiful evening. It's about 66 degrees. And it's a good night to come out for comedy at Asiento, if you're in the area. 21st in Florida. Outdoor comedy, great food, and Pam Benjamin, a stellar individual who just lights up every room that she enters. Give it a check it out. That was Osric Tentacles, two from Osric Tentacles. That last one was Far Memory. Before that, we heard Spirals in Hyperspace. This is MutinyRadio.fm. I'd like to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Sackbutt and Crumhorn, Law Offices for the Criminal in You, and Alfred's World of Trousers. An extraordinary display of trouserphilia in the greater Des Moines area. Stop by and say hello to Alfred. Tell him that Perkins Warbeck sent you. He'll pat you on the back and say thank you. We're going to proceed now with a little classic from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. C'est la vie. On Mutiny Radio. FM. Have your leaves all turned to brown? Will you scatter them around you? C'est la vie. Do you love? And then how am I to know if you don't let your love show for me? Ela 
please we have a winner
That was the Dixie Dregs, with a beautiful instrumental called Old World. Before that, we heard Soft Machine playing a tune called Bundles. We're going to continue with Dixie, the Dixie Dregs with an epic work, epic work called Hereafter. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. FM.
That was the Dixie Dregs playing here after. It wouldn't be a Gates of Delirium show without at least one entrance by one of the greatest, if not the greatest, truest progressive rock bands ever formed. Right there from the beginning, they took it out to left field. They never really caught on. It was a little too challenging, a little too esoteric for the popular taste. But connoisseurs know about Gentle Giant, and now you do too. This track from Gentle Giant is called Mr. Class and Quality. You are listening to Mutiny Radio. God FM. Thank you. 
That was Gentle Giant, with a tune called Three Friends. Before that, we heard Mr. Class and Quality, also from Gentle, Gentle Giant. I'm going to continue with more space prog in the form of Osric Tentacles. Just can't get enough of that band. It's just a wall of electronic sound framed in the classic structure of rock and roll. The instrumentation is the same, but they do something very, very different with it. And it just hits me right between the eyes. This tune is called Stripey Clouds. You are listening to mutinyradio.fm.
That was Osric Tentacles, with a tune called Humboldt Current. We are just about out of time here at the Gates of Delirium. Thank you very much for tagging along for two hours of experimental and challenging and always entertaining progressive rock and roll. My name is Perkins Warbeck. Don't forget that name, Perkins Warbeck. I have been sitting in for the deposed Henry VII low these many weeks. He will be back at some point in the future when he has untangled his existential condition. We are going to end the evening with a tune from the Italian prog rock band Premiata Forneria Marconi, PFM they're better known as. They got their start in the early 70s and was probably the greatest musical export of Italy besides Pavarotti. This is a very, very well-known tune by them, Impressione di Settembre, Impression of September. You have been listening to The Gates of Delirium. Thank you very much. I'll see you next week at 6 o'clock p.m. San Francisco time and 9 o'clock on the East Coast. Thanks a lot. Campagna forse no, ma sveglia mi guarda, non so.
W A F L Y O fuck yeah. L W I'm trying to sing the theme song, Carl. L W A F L M O Y T. That's us. L W F L for the that stands for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. But if you want to subscribe to our podcast, please use our acronym, and you can search for it L W A F L M O Y T with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. Oh, um, sorry, I had banana in my mouth, just like you when you talk. Oh, my God. L W A F L M Y T. It's not so tough. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I have a banana in my mouth. We have Paul Brumbaugh yes. from the Edge of Insanity podcast on. Hi, Paul. Hi, I'm sorry. I had to laugh really hard. It did kind of thin. You, you had mush mouth, dude. I always remember mush that mouth. I break it down into... I break it into threes. It's L W. See, I blew it now. L W A F L M O Y T. 
Perfect. So let's, that's how I do it. Let's break that down. So you break it down to let's watch a full-length <laughs> yep. movie on yep. YouTube. Thank you, man. Me too. Yes, sir. Uh, we were going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube, and we uh, stream first on meetmeradio.fm on Sundays at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and that we follow The Edge of Insanity. So uh, do us a favor, listen to Paul's show before us. It's just two hours of your time before the show, uh, and that is at noon, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we are sponsored by Mutiny Radio. All we ask is that you donate some Venmo money to at Mutiny Radio. And make sure it's the right one. And uh, we'll do it or not do anything at all. So, But we do want you to watch this movie with us and listen to our podcast at the same time. Because we do drop in the podcast. Uh, and all you have to do is go to YouTube and search for this week's movie. Carl, what is this week's movie? Pauly Shore is dead, 2003. Pauly Shore is dead. <laughs> That's the word Paul with the Y stuck to its ass. Polly Shore is dead. Shore like the Jersey Shore. And we Down the like shore. Joe the Autophile Monty is our channel. Joe the Autophile Monty. Ooh. And I'm wow, going to go ahead and subscribe to there, it. Man. He named the movie, not us. Uh, he, he was the one who was okay no, with yeah, it. Well, all right, so do us a favor. Go type in Pauly Shore is Dead. It's only a movie. It's only a movie, remember. And it's 2003? Yes. We had, so 9-11 was still fresh in our minds when this movie came out. Well, fresh in your oh, mind. It was. I was cried twice in the streets in two, within two years. One for uh, and, uh But then I kind of, I saw the bus poster for Pauly Shore is Dead, and I, I started to cry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get back to the show. Polish Shore says the title, show the autophile Monty, who I just subscribed to, is is the channel. Go click it, the link, hit pause, oh, immediately slide it to the left and registered our show, trademark. And very excited, we're going to do a countdown, and when you're here to go, you're going to go, and the countdown king is here. None other than Mr. Sunday Afternoon, Carl's Mad Crush, the maestro descending numerals, Mr. 321, let's get ready to rumba. The world doesn't move to the beat of this one, brum. Brum, 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 Under brumba, thrusting down on me. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished gentlemen, guests, give it up for Paul Brumba. All right, cool. Thank you, guys. Wow. That round of applause after that, man. Wash your hands. Please do that favor. Oh, look at Joe's an audiophile. I thought he was more than just an audiophile. All right. Here we go. You guys got to do this in true uh, uh, Pauly Shore is dead action. Um, let's do this thing. Make that thing hover, that finger that is, right over that triangle. And let's do it in three, two, one. Whoa! Back in the early 90s, there was a comic actor named Pauly Shore who was very popular. No one has seen him lately. This is what happened to him. Well, sort of. <laughs> Critics? Pauly, you don't know what you're talking about. You're great. The people love you. You have a following. Biodome was a great movie. Did you see Jury Duty? No. Neither did anyone else. Did you see Hot Shots? 
I love Jury Duty. You did? Jury Duty is the best movie. Really? Yeah, twice in the show. Well, I, I, I definitely like the one when he, he was on the farm better. Son-in-law? No, yeah, down on the farm? Or po- Okay, yeah, so let's, let's break it down. Movie-wise, he was in uh, Encino, Encino Man. Man? I think he was in... Yeah, he was yeah. like... He hung out with the caveman. He was... Uh, there was a George Burns one where the age-changing, people-switching type of thingy, and he was like the best friend of the kids. The originals, like he was a high schooler with him. But then his real movies, after he hit big on MTV yeah. 25-odd years ago, uh, were Encino Man, uh, fuck, uh, the the son-in-law uh, in the army, uh, jury duty, which I love, and uh, there's what other, what other ones am I missing? He was just kind of a movie there's another movie. really there's another really shitty one. It's Biodome. so bad. Uh, well, Biodome, which we've pretty, done on this show. See, Biodome's pretty good too, even though it's bad. That's the one with Baldwin, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, the worst one he's it. ever done was, I think, straight to Netflix kind of thing, and it was, uh, it was the, um, oh God, he's supposedly a father. He's like a single dad huh. where he takes on raising some kid, and it's kind of like it's. I think it's done in the flavor of what's the one with Sandler, little the one with the yeah, little. Yeah, I remember that one. Right. Well, I do know it's that kind he, of done uh, in that flavor he where he, but the kid's even smaller. It's just that it's mischievous and it's Pauly Shore and he's and he's has to watch a baby. That's the funny part. Hey you guys, know? breaking news! Breaking right. news! Breaking news! Pauly Shore is dead. Yeah, whatever. One, uh, look at that. Is he holding cotton candy? What did he have? <laughs> now that's Paris Hilton, <laughs> of course, and her sister Nikki. Of course, it is. Oh, yeah. Well, if it was no Paulie, there would be no uh, Paris, right? I mean, they they Look both at, became popular. There's a Hil- there's a Hilton inside a Holiday Inn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All his celebrity buddies are in the first five minutes of this movie, and then we have the rest of the movie, and then the end. Oh no! There's Mitzi Short. Was that Mitzi? I don't know, but there's a big old boner. I guess that's what they're pointing at. Yeah. And by the way, no, his friends will be throughout. Does Jeremy Piven show up in this movie? No. No, but his brother plays like his friend or something. Doesn't even play his brother. He dies like the greats, Sam Kittison. Richard Pryor, Albert Einstein, all the great comics. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe they actually said all those names in the same sentence. That was wrong. <laughs> this little boy will grow up to die. So now we're seeing you the know history I, I, of, I, know uh, I know what's happening right now. Yeah. Sam Kennison is in his grave going, ow, ow, ow! I did notice that the well, you know, he died in a car crash, Sam Kinison. So, uh, I I had a joke. I had a joke where I never use it. Old Mike would do this joke, but that I would hate to be in the car. Lots of Kinison. Look at this. 
Lots of Kinnison. Well, he worked. Why would you hate to be Sam in the Kinnison, car? Because he'd be yelling like, ah. <laughs> like when the car crash happened, he'd go, oh, oh. That's right. That's terrible, Mike. I love it. Yeah, I would never do that to him. I actually, I mean, I wrote that joke when I was 19, Carl. That's the old Mike. Oh, Luke. What we're learning yeah, is history. I, I, actually, I actually want to watch this movie when I can turn up the volume. <laughs> oh, all right. No, oh, no, no. talking no, about no, his life. That's funny. We're we seeing the backstory of his <laughs> mother. Life. Oh, there's his parents. That was his real parents. Okay. Yeah, so it's Mitzi Shore and uh, what was his father? His Sam. Uh, no, Stanley. <laughs> Stanley Shore. Yeah, and he was famous, right? He was really famous. Yeah. For a minute. So the weed. He opened for Which, by the way, or something. That's exactly right. He was. Yeah, his father did. For yeah. Minute, and he did open for Sinatra. Was it yeah, Sammy? Yeah, he like, with him for years. Yeah, it was Sammy. Yeah, so, and then they uh, opened a comedy club, which his wife, Missy Shore, Missy Shore ran. And that's where Sam Kinison was the door at the, at the comedy store. Yeah. Which is why Polly grew up with him. Right. In the Army now. Yeah, in the Army now. I noticed that the, that was funny. the opening title on, on screen says, Polly Shore is dead, and then in parentheses, you'll never weave in this town again, which is a Hollywood reference to you'll never eat lunch in this town again. Right. Uh, a, a memoir from an executive. So it's kind of softening the blow. It's like the movie... The Pope Must Die. They had to change the title to The Pope Must Diet. <laughs> so they probably softened the, the title just so people can watch this. Anyway, back to the death of Polly Shore. All right, so what we're seeing now is the birth of the downfall. He gets a Fox sitcom, and it's horrible, horrible movie. I, I mean, a sitcom, and everybody pans it, and this is the beginning of his end. Poor Weeze. Oh, yeah, there's Ben Stiller. You know, celebrities watch TV just like us. If only there was a TV show during quarantine where I get to watch celebrities watch TV. <laughs> um, ben Stiller is, uh, the joke is, like, he's always saying, like, I guess if my parents were famous, I'd be on top, too. And, you know, his parents were. Right, his parents, yeah. And now Bill Maher. Well, at least wow. they got some good cameos in this. They've got some really good cameos in them. Absolutely. And the thing is, these guys love the show. Like, everyone was panning the show. It's sort of like a joke on them. Right. It looks pretty good. I forget people watch TV. Like, you sit around the couch and you watch TV. Well, it's his premiere. Followed by a new Drexel class. Is that Tony Hale? No. Oh, I think that show's pretty good. I would order a whole season and watch it. In, 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 in. <laughs> well, the the um the and Fox ordered only six of them, and only three of them aired. Uh, they replaced him with When Animals Attack. <laughs> <laughs> which is really yeah. just big volume. Well, they, the animals recorded the saying, it was not our idea. 
We wish the best to Mr. Better Schwartz. known as one Fox exec attack. The beginning of when animals attack, it does not say no animals were harmed in the making of this. <laughs> the American Humane Society was nowhere near the production of when animals attack. We guarantee. That guy was a funny comic, too. The guy smoking the cigar, Rick Duquesne, or... Yeah, this is basically talking behind Polly's back. Now, I'm at 9.12, 9.13, 9.14. What about you guys? Let me look. I'm really at 9 quick. Eight. Um, I'm a couple seconds I'm behind. I'm at 9, 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, me, same here. Same here, Carl. Okay, so I want you guys to tell me when – I want Mike to tell me when he gets to 9 minutes and 30. Okay, sounds good. Is that Paul, Tom Sizemore? Yes. Three, there. two, one, go. Thank you. Poor Tom Sizemore. So I wonder in 2003, what, what state was he on? Yeah. Oh, he was in a, he was on he was on E News all the time, and then it gets to be in a movie with E in it. So basically, this is like behind Paul, like everyone saw the show and it sucks, but you're in front of the guy, right? So you're not going to be like, your show right. sucked. So it's like talking behind his back and then Two-Face talking to his face. Well, he knew it's Two-Face because they went up to him and said, hey, nice set, Polly. Good set. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, they're on landlines talking about what they watched on TV. This right. Is so quaint. Did you watch TV, Bill? Bill yes, I did, Ben. Now, I got to say that Paulie Shore is a very good sport. Uh, he is so teasing himself throughout this whole movie. He's like, I suck, I suck, I suck, I suck. Now, he doesn't say that, but he wrote the script. He directed it. You know, he produced it. Right. This was all done with his own he's money. He's saying it in every other way. Yeah, he's saying it in every other way. Right. So, but isn't isn't this a cop out? No, it's not a cop out. It's a smack in your own face. It, I mean, seriously, everyone throughout this whole film, this whole film's the the thing is, Paulie Shore sucks. That's the whole joke. And you wrote it yourself. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but sometimes you could say like you you kind of fill this space where the laughter should be by say by doing a fake laugh or you know <laughs> or you know I you know you can undercut yourself to kind of keep the grace going. So, but I do see that this film is kind of genuine. Uh, that the humor lies on him kind of cutting his own his own self for our, our entertainment. Right. But he also maintained a reality show presence. You know, he had a show called Minding the Store, which was him helping his mom with the comedy store. And right. you know, Mickey Shore passed away. I'm not sure. If, if, I believe the show was filmed during that time. Well, it was 2005 but, uh, on TBS. So it's two years from after this movie. Do you, are you okay with that, that he made a really kind of funny, self-effacing movie like this and then just kind of parlayed it into a reality show, which was straight face? Uh, 
I guess from the way you're saying it, I should be offended by that. Uh, this guy it's is good. just trying to make a living. This movie was not nationwide. This movie only made $11,000, and he, I don't know how much he sunk into it, but it was his own personal money. It had a limited release uh, just in California. Um, I think, you know, he had a chance to get a payday, so he did a reality show. I mean, wh but what are you, what right. is it you're thinking? Like, you think this movie well, I mean, like, is cheap and bad? Like the, the no, concept. No, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you that it's the humor and lies about how nakedly uh, uh, honest he can make it on himself by, you know, undercut, you know, by eating all this shit on, on stage. Yeah. And, uh, so the man, the guy yeah. goes out to say to his staff, Paulie Shore fired us and they're all happy about it. And Paulie wrote that, you know, and directed it. Right. I don't know. I look. I am yeah, not a Paul fan, except for this movie. This movie is great. Wow, I mean, good to hear. In that he, you know, totally just—it's the ultimate put down. This movie, and he, he's putting him down himself. You know, like I don't know. Okay, it's one man's opinion here. He's uh, it won the Audience Choice Award at the Slam Dunk Film Festival. It's going to be a great slam dunk film festival because there's a lot of slamming and dunking. It, it was released way, in Sacramento, like he... California and almost nowhere else. Uh, no wonder it only made $11,000. I think it should have gone nation nationwide. My I mean, maybe no one wanted to pick it up, but I'm saying that I think this movie could have hit. There's his girlfriend. You know, I, uh, wow, look at that. Yeah, you see the ring? Yeah, look at that ring on her finger. Yeah. So now I his show has been canceled. He's basically having, you know, he went groveling to MTV. They kick him out. His girlfriend's with this really loser dude. Hold on, Lou. Gold came out the car wash and he helped me pick out the right headshot. Oh, and I'm also testing for Playboy. Sound knows half. Well, I don't really know him. I have a friend who knows someone who's been up in a mansion a couple of times and he met him once. What's your friend's name? Sal. 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 Nice to meet you. Right. What's up, buddy? <laughs> See that? What's up, buddy? Yeah. And Pauly Shore had to make a face like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, but don't you think that's like parlaying your 15 minutes of fame by just like now mocking the catchphrase that, that made you? This is right by my mom's house. Oh, or, in Los Angeles? Close. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Is that Fred Durst? Uh, 90. Look, he had uh, cap and goatee. Nine. Let's see. He didn't have 15 minutes of fame. He had 13 years. No, 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 no. All right, I ate my hat. No, no, I'm eating my hat. Wait, Too wait. Ninety-six. Ninety-six is pretty much when it died. Uh, this Fox show. When was that Fox show? Because that killed it. Yeah, 1997. Shore landed his own TV show on Fox. Lasted five episodes, but it was canceled. Two episodes remain unaired. And it essentially ended his comedic career. So that's 11. Wait, that is seven, eight years. Eight years of fame he had. Look, there's Limp Biscuit. Fred. I knew it was Limp Biscuit. The, he does that throughout the yeah. thing. He gets people, like, you know, people don't like Limp Biscuit today and think Fred's a jerk. That's why he's in this movie. 
Oh, even Fred hates him. That's pretty low. Now this. You will. I mean, yeah. This is Paulie's biggest fan, and he's freaking out that his show is not on TV. That it's animals attack. He's from Kentucky. Yeah. So is he he's pissing on his audience now. Yes, he is. Yes. Selling Law is my favorite movie. Watch that. I throw pork chop in the yard. Tim Conway. This is my darkest hour of television viewing. This is worse than when they replaced They're ripping off Fishburger, Carl. Yeah, right. It's it's the right house setting. Yeah, right, the basement. Well, I mean, Forest Street, the whole thing was a dump. <laughs> oh, right. It was like our little... Imagine, uh, you know, yeah, you, well, I mean, I think his movies, I was like, Paulie Shore was a phenomenon in the respect that he did something to, oh, look out for Vern, 2003, so this was after uh, Spy Shagney. And... No, the gold, yeah, second one. And what is the one we saw? The, the postal? Postal, that's right, he had a big part in that. He was international oh, this is superstar, this. right? He was the voiceover guy or something, and he came to Germantown. I enjoyed oh, no, that movie. About. I really enjoyed that movie. Oh, right. oh, Postal. Yeah, we've all, well, yeah, I found a couple more of his films on YouTube, so uh, be prepared. You're the man. Uh, episodes. I eat may with have the that, uh <laughs> yeah, quarantine life. So now what we're getting is, right. are there any parts in his movies for me? Like we get that throughout the, the screenplay. He's going to his celeb friends and he asks if there's any parts for them. They don't answer and he asks it louder. Is there any parts for me? Clint so now Howard. we have the stereotypical scene. It's like, you have no money. Well, but isn't that Clint Howard, the celebrity? Yep. From Star Trek? Our yes. Star Trek connection. Yes, you're right. You're right on the money. I say money. that. On well, the because board. he played. He was a kid. He was a yes. kid. His dad was a. It was a family dynasty. So the father was hard driven. And he found an Earth actor, and he brought his down to Earth children and made them act. And he acted as a child in Star Trek. Yes. And then guys like you go up, Mr. Cliff Howard. You were great as a child in Star Trek. He's <laughs> like, I was a child in Star Trek. I guess you were a child in Star Trek. You were a very intellectual child. Your character was very smart. Right. And so they say, oh, did you say your character? Oh, thank fucking God. There's a disconnect. Yeah, I was pretty smart. My character was pretty smart. <laughs> the comedy store started Carlin. Not really. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's Mitzi Shore is great, you know, like people who run rooms, you got to respect them. And uh, whatever the, you hear about them, they're running the room. And so, you know, I've always respected it. Uh, this I don't need to see. I know, I'm we gonna, really don't. YouTube. Now, on the screen is Jewel Denial. So he's calling Jewel at her home. Jewel is a porn star, and it's all about the butt. Uh. So now we have well, like, know, like a, uh, yeah. Well, we have a funny scene in which there's call waiting and it's his mom. So he's messing up 
talking to Jewel and talking to his mom. You know, that's the comedic hook of this. We really don't need it's to see Polly Shore masturbate. <laughs> well, what do you think this movie is? And he's now he's literally jerking off himself. So wait, okay, Mike, you got beef with this movie. Okay, so that was very telling. So I don't have beef. He's I have kissing his own ass is what you mean. This movie is him kissing his own ass. No, but, you no, it's that border. It's that line. And the reason why it's funny is that he can walk the line between, uh, you know, onanism and uh, self-deprecating universal humor. You know. <laughs> what? I'm just saying between the onanist and the uh, hubris, you know, I go with the hubris all the time. It's plain and simple. But you think he's like an egotist oh, yeah. making this film, right? He's uh, he's like a, a, a self-centered, uh, maybe not narcissist. Maybe that's know, too strong. But... but 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 see, that's but that's humor that we grow up with. He's no different than Chris Elliott, whose whole humor is about Chris Elliott. You know what I mean? But they do it in a manner that it is uh, universal, and that like. We can relate to Pauly Shore, even though we don't have uh, well, Justin Schwartz. Well, Chris Elliott, Chris Elliott does make it about Chris Elliott, but he makes it that he's a loser. Like this is about Chris Elliott failing. Pauly's not really okay. Who's this guy? Every I I know his face, but he looks like Joe... Dan Aykroyd. You know, when Dan Aykroyd does cameos as a motorcyclist, a bicyclist, or uh, you know. Uh, well, the joke here is this guy fell to fell to you know in fame, and now he sells oranges, and they're doing racist stuff. But but who is he? Do you know? No. Let's listen to his voice. Those are good throws. Those are, except for the last one, those are good throws. And I think yeah. one of them hit his best friend, you know, and they probably kept that take. Good. He deserves it. I used to be someone. Now I'm selling oranges. This is in context of Paulie. <laughs> so I do like what he did. I, I do like this movie. I think it walks the line is why I'm bringing it up, but I think he does it. You know, he pulls it off. Or I, I don't know, for the time as I'm watching it, it's good. I know that he followed up this movie with a film called Adopted, where it was another kind of rip from his own headline story about him trying to adopt a child. And he got upset that uh, Bruno, the, the the Borat movie where he adopts a child, uh, kind of came out around the same time. Uh-huh. So he took the idea. They feel that, that Bruno took the idea. Hmm. So now he's just like his own his own pity is he's like having awful fantasies about you know and we're hearing all the people call him a loser and ah uh... we yeah I I want to give a shout out to comedy star in the 80s and comedy and porn stars uh-huh. You know the stories about like how porn stars would always show up to like comedy store and stuff like that. Like they would just go and they would watch like Dice or they would watch uh, Sam Kinison or what have you. And I just I just love that phenomenon. Yeah. Because you know who goes to comedy clubs? They're not porn stars. No, not porn stars. 
You're not going to party with a comedian. No, this he's selling his house, and who bought it? Caratop. <laughs> Agrotop. He must have played himself in a hundred million things. Well, the reason he's, he's here is type. because he's like Polly Shore. You know, he had he was a big deal for a half an hour, for fifteen minutes, and then he crashed. Right, so that's why Polly put him in. Right. Even Carrot Top's beating me. Did you notice there was a poster for Polly, i.e., the talking uh, uh, parrot movie with Jay Morris as voice of Polly? Oh, really? Was there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He goes, they, run along to your mother's comedy store now. Yeah, there you go. Probably because Mitzi never booked him. See right there, Polly. Uh, don't you hate driving around Hollywood with Sunset Boulevard with all your stuff, man? Yeah, like you just got fired. L.A. life. Hashtag L.A. life. You got your bongos in the backseat and the weird misogynistic uh Bottom half of a woman's torso, mannequin, legs askew. Akimbo. Akimbo. So yes. now, basically, his Bye. friend is going to have a meeting with um, Sean Penn. And it's the old, Does is there a part for me? Is there, what are you going to say to him? How are you going to pitch me? So now here we are with Sean Penn, and what's actually happening is Sean is going, who was that guy in that movie Biodome? What was his name? He was with the Baldwin brother. And his friend is not telling him, oh, that was Paulie Shore. He was pretending he doesn't know who he's talking about. Oh, that's great. The Baldwin's brother. Which Baldwin? Well, that's like six or something. Sean Penn talks cinema. <laughs> we we should re, we should wake up our list our faithful listeners and remind them of the episode where we actually it's a, it's a it's a milestone in our uh, over two hundred episode run where we watched Biodome. I had suggested Biodome. Yeah. And Carl got very upset. You could tell, even though. That, uh, yeah. I was gonna have to watch yeah. Biodome. <laughs> So you said, I'm picking the next movie, which is the first time that has happened. Uh, so it, it was... Okay. I remember once you were like, let's do Koi Anastatsky. And I was like, eh, I don't want, I'm not doing it. Mike, I lo- watched the movie. There's nothing to do. And you were like, all right, I'll get somebody else. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Okay, <laughs> Koi Anastatsky. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm down. But that was a good movie. A lot happened. There was like sunrises and sunsets. And then there was like people walking but they were walking like so fast they looked like ants it was like almost a metaphor <laughs> i um uh was a lot to talk about because almost every scene the internet had something to tell me so in the end that was a good film yeah yeah uh, and it's remarkable that a film of such beauty uh, that should be seen in the cinema was still chopped up in 10 minute bits on youtube because, you know, back in the day, you couldn't have a video on YouTube that was more than 10 minutes. So right. You had to have your Koya Nasasti posted. You had to do it in part one and two. Now, this is uh, Layla Slotman, and she's an actress of note. 
And she's playing a prostitute, and she's finding out that all Polly has is like eighty-four bucks. Gotcha. You think Polly Shore's a freak? What do you mean? Well, there's been a lot of sex stuff in this. We saw him jerking off. Oh, a freak in a sexual way. Uh, probably. Yeah. Heidi Flex will be in this film. Well, he already had Charlie Sheen, so probably that was the deal. Charlie Sheen? Like a package. Charlie Sheen was just a customer like everybody. Right. Oh, you, yeah, so he's no better than anyone else. I mean, he was just a customer. Now, there's a reason that like, thing opened up with Charlie Sheen. You know how everyone thinks he's a cuckoo and everything, and this is 2003 when right. that was in its heyday. Look, so, he's, he's daring his ass. You don't think this film is, like, he's literally seeing up his own ass. All right, whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, Charlie, yeah, what was, like, Charlie Sheen had a great, like, uh, uh, pop culture meltdown, and he went yes. on tour just yelling tiger blood at people, and, and uh, it was at the Masonic Center here in San Francisco. Like, mm-hmm. which, you know, if if you're big, you headline the punchline, and if you're really big, you do the fucking, Mason, you know, the Masonic Center. And he did, and, you know, Live Nation fronted it, and what I heard is that he really had nothing to say, but it didn't matter. <laughs> so can you imagine, like, as a, as a bitter comic, uh, you're just like, how come he gets the Masonic Center? Yeah. That sounds like an open micer, uh, National Lampoon open micers. Uh, somehow. Put in the script. Yeah. The rival open micer. How does right. he get to book this room? So, wow, look at that, your old stand-up set. This is basically, now it's Jewel Denial again. And I love Jewel, but it's all about the butt. And I don't know that I want to go there, but nonetheless, she does. And this is all like his lowest moment. He can't even jerk off. That's pretty, oh yeah, there's the box. Remember the box is oversized. and uh, It's 2003, yeah. Yeah. God, I wonder if they still cost $60. You know how, remember when VHSs came out, VCRs? Yeah. The VHS tapes retail for $100. So let's yep. say you wanted a, a co- then current copy of ET, the extraterrestrial. It's, so you had to rent it from the store. There's no way you could just physically own it. Okay, oh, it's a Kinnison impersonator. It is. It's me in quarantine. Right. It's my hair in quarantine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, a guy, a guy named, um, where is it? Timmy Jameson. Timmy Jameson is doing a, a Kinnison impersonation. Now, Kinnison sort of mentored, uh, Paulie, uh, at the comedy store. So he's telling him, why don't you kill yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like, I I kind of like like Kinnison was unique that he would have these like he would play guitar rock guitar, mm-hmm. you know his show was like a rock and roll affair. It was pretty kind of, I don't know. It's it's interesting that he went that way. 
So he's been told by his mentor to kill yourself. I am. Yeah. Unfortunately, only one person in my life. And he's like, the only Which person who's going to miss me is my mother. So he writes a suicide note to his mother. But I couldn't handle the pressures of Hollywood anymore. You did a great job raising me, and it's not your fault. This is heavy shit, man. Yeah, except he's not going to die. He thought he died, but he was just watching Biodome. <laughs> well, actually, his Fox sitcom, if you want to see Pauly Shore die, watch his Fox sitcom. Kurt Loader. Hey, Kurt Loader from MTV News. Not MTV in it. He's 70 years old. 70 years old. Kurt Loader. Really? Yeah. Wow, Whoopi Goldberg. God, I love Whoopi Goldberg movies, even the ones she does cameos. <laughs> not sure about Perry Fruits. So now that he's dead, you know, everyone's saying yeah. good things about him. Oh, you, Jane's Addiction Frontman has words to say about Pauly Shore. Yeah, he's got layers. Very thorough. And now um, she's saying that she wouldn't have gotten uh, Baywatch if it weren't for Pauly. He taught her how to mouth-to-mouth resuscitate and... So anyway, it's basically uh, a montage say. of people saying good things because uh, Paulie's dead. Now these are all like MTV regulars. So he, I mean, he could have like whoever produced this movie probably said, "Hey, you know, Dr. Dre, since you're here, can you just uh, I don't know." Well, no, they probably asked him. Well, Paulie produced. Oh my God, Matt Penfield. Yeah, he's interviewing Bucky, his biggest fan. Oh, right. There's a Cena man in the background. Do you remember Matt Penfield? I hate when movies put real journalists playing themselves in there. It undercuts their journalistic integrity. To have Matt Penfield from MTV News play Matt Penfield from MTV News, it undercuts, you know, it, it, MTV News should not have their front man pretend to, to get fake news like that. It's just right. it's a disgrace. Yeah. You know? There were some movies that uh, got in trouble for that. The movie Contact with Jodie Foster yeah, yeah. had uh, like like a CNN clip where it looked like Bill Clinton agreed right. with what was going on, and uh, they got said, "How can a CNN use uh, abuse their journalistic integrity?" <laughs> he was talking about the asteroid that uh, from Mars that looked like it might have bacteria in it that never got proven. But, uh, right, yeah. Well, they got angry. They said, How can you, you know, you're editing the news to make a go of the story, you know? Yeah, really and Bill Clinton was a star of the film. Not really, but you know what yeah, I mean? He was. In the script, he was talking about life from another planet, and he was. These are all stars. Oh, that's uh, Sugar Ray, right? That's right. And that's, I don't know, she's on, um, Everybody loves Raymond. Um, Great. As the police, as the partner of the brother. So basically, it's like uh, everyone's broken up about uh, Pauly, and, and it's just getting made fun of. That was a fucking piece of shit. I mean, Jesus Christ, give me a break. Take it back, pal. 
I'll take one back. Take it back, pal. Take one back, old man. Hey, man, why don't you take you and your little crying-ass kid to the next hole so me and my girl can play some golf up in this motherfucker. Right? Come on, man, let's play. Play some golf. Oh, the tributes get to go continue. This yeah, is what's well, gonna happen in the open mics when we pass away. They'll have like a tribute where uh, uh, Now that's the guy from Jersey. Sorry, that director. Oh, is that uh James Island Bob? Yeah, right, no. right. That's it, yeah. Oh yeah, it's not the director from Jersey, but he is a Jersey boy. Yeah. I guess Jason he was Jay. Something. Jay. Yeah, it's Jay. Well, every time they go to like the comedy store or any comedy club, I bet it's the, everyone in the audience are comedians. Like, yeah, Paul, I would love to be in your movie. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, there's a Carl Hotel in San Francisco. We have the greatest cameo ever here. We are about to see Cato Kalin. Oh, great. Going to a different house. And look how he's balded. That's Cato Kalin? Yeah. From the OJ set trial? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What happened to your hair? I lost it. Okay, I wow. Know. He looks great. So again, he's getting he's a person who's like, you know, on the D-list. Hot for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't hot for a good reason. He didn't have a fame of a, you know, a movie. But still. This is kind of like a... a... This movie's ahead of its time because you, there's a lot of like channels and a lot of product and a lot of content and one variety of it is the genre of like the self-deprecating uh, celebrity playing himself. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it on Pop, the POP, the the network, where I just forgot who it was. It was some kind of famous actor, TV actor. I think it was a DJ, and he would bump into Joey Lawrence playing himself. And Joey has problems, you know, and. They reference his line and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, uh, that Gary Shandling show, Larry right. Sanders, was great at it. You know, that was probably the one and only time that just clicked. I mean, it's great watching it now and seeing, like, you know, the late Gene Sisko and the late Warren Zevon in the same show and go, and them complaining about, like, Chevy Chase errors, late-night talk show stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this is dated as well, I guess. You know, this uh, movie was before it's time because someday Paulie Shore will die. Uh, <laughs> it is ahead of its time. Yes. You think they'll play this? Then this movie, everyone will watch this movie ironically, right? Yeah. Uh, if I ever meet Paulie Shore, I'm telling him that. He has a podcast. Maybe I should call up. Oh, yeah. Paulie Pod Shore. That's Shore is Pod. Um, I don't know. He also hosts his own podcast show. Um, I guess I should have researched that, right? To promote him right uh, now. Anybody, just go to no, Google and uh, Pauly Shore podcast. You'll find it. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to actually watch his routine so I could start quoting uh, his act. And I said, eh, <laughs> I don't know. Life is precious now. It's just only a moment to go. That's so, no regrets. <laughs> Hollywood. Is that, oh, instead of no regrets? <laughs> no regrets. Well, I've, there's a, welcome to the Miller says that joke where he's like, don't you have any regrets at all? Like this kind of, you know, hipster white guy. 
Who places it in Sunset Boulevard? I've been there. With the the rodeo horse or whatever, the mechanical bull. Yeah. This is basically a montage of Paulie loving that the world loves him. It kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't. So they know he's dead? Who Who is he now? Abraham Lincoln, right? I Yeah, he's being Abraham Lincoln. I don't know. Oh, it's Hans Feinsworth. And the thing is, it doesn't make sense why the guy hiding undercover would get Pollywood on his stomach and why a famous guy would stop in to say hello and why a photo shoot with sexy girl. I, I, I just don't get it. He's living a life. You know, remember at the end of Batman 3 where... Uh... Michael Caine says, you should go out and I should see you at a restaurant. And right. then he goes out. He gets, yeah. It was sucked. And, he, and then he's at a restaurant. He's like going, hey. Oh, High Times Magazine. That magazine's in trouble right now. They've been buying dispensaries under the, the name of High Times. Uh-huh. And uh, they're just, I don't know. You know, everything's kind of whack right now. I should mention another pop culture uh, is dead moment for me is L.A. Style. It's the first techno band to ever hit the Billboard Top 100 with their song James Brown is Dead, uh-huh. which was more of a reference to sampling James Brown and, and dance numbers. But have you heard the news? James Brown is dead. And then they would play a different kind of techno riff that wasn't a James Brown derivative. And uh, that also spawns songs. Michael Jackson is in heaven now. And uh, well, what happens? Another one. Pop like culture. Uh, how did you frame it? 